Hey folks, and welcome back to A Life Extraordinary. I'm your show host, Roberto, and I am on a podcasting streak because trying new things and these snippet podcasts of 10 minutes that I douse you with information I feel are so much more <sighs> spicy and interesting and than a long 30-minute one. So let's give this a go. And um, also, the last episode, I was talking to you about what types of kayaks there are because... When someone says you're going kayaking, are you going fishing kayaking? Are you going uh, surf ski sky kayaking? Are you going on an expedition kayak? Are you going on a wreck boat? And, uh, and so I've cut it all down to you so that you know which type of boat is for which kind of scenario. Um, next up, though, is what to bring on a kayak expedition or a kayak camping trip. Because many people have no clue what you need on a kayak camping trip. And there's a lot of different gear that you might not have thought, thought of. Beginning with, this one I'm sure you didn't think of, is the kayak. <laughs> of course you've got to have a kayak. Um, and if you're on a camping trip, you want to make sure that you've got a kayak that's got compartments where you can store your gear. And if it's a multi-day trip, that you've got a kayak that's big enough for the amount of gear that you're bringing. Now, there's economy of scale when you, the more paddlers you are, the less your boats are full because a lot of gear is only used once. But let's kick it off with the kayak. Um, personally, uh, I like a Wilderness Tempest um, from Wilderness Systems. Um, and it's uh, a kayak with a skeg. We're looking at 16 and a half uh, feet and 17 feet. They do two different lengths. And, um, and this kayak uh, basically can take a solid payload. So you got your kayak. Next up is the paddle. Of course, there are paddles and there are paddles. And, uh, and my preference is an adventure technology um, carbon fiber paddle. Indeed, I prefer to use a uh, whitewater paddle than I do a kayaking paddle. And the difference is that the whitewater paddles have very fat blades in general and the kayaking ones made for longer distances so that you don't get as tired have thinner blades. Um, but personally, I've always liked the thicker blade, particularly when in rough waters. And so I like my, to have myself a angled carbon fiber blade. But now you're talking about six, 600 bucks uh, there. A normal paddle will cost you a hundred. Uh, next up, you've got a life jacket. You know, that thing that uh, keeps you floating when you're floating. <laughs> um, it's uh, it's quite important to have a life jacket. And yes, sometimes I don't wear one, but when I don't, I often have it um, clipped to my deck or I have uh, the waist. It's like a hip sack life jacket from Mustang Survival. But uh, when I am going in any conditions that I think could be precarious, I do take a, uh, a proper life jacket. And uh, my favorite one lately is uh, the Chimera from Mustang Survival. So there is my life jacket choice with you. It's a low-profile life jacket, so on longer expeditions, it doesn't feel so bulky. It only has one pocket, um, but they do make other life jackets made with foam that uh, that have more. This one has uh, a canister, an air canister that you pull uh, on a lever, and it inflates and gives you extra buoyancy were you in a bad scenario. And, um, and it's definitely uh, a brand that is at the forefront of, uh, of life jackets. Uh, they do the ones that are all for all the container ships and commercial uh, things. Mustang is survival 
is uh, is the maker of many, many, many of those life jackets. So they know a thing or two about keeping you afloat uh, on a body of water. Uh, you'll also need, depending on the conditions where you're paddling, a dry suit or not. Now, if you're paddling in very cold water, northern conditions, you'll want to have a dry suit. And uh, But underneath, as a kayaker, you only wear your base layers. And the reason is that if you wear anything more than that, you would get very hot and sweaty. So the key thing about to understand about having a dry suit is that it's not like a safety of I'll keep you alive indefinitely if you're floating around the water. It's more a I'll keep you alive for an hour while you're figuring out how to get back into your boat or get to shore and not be submersed in water. Because if you were to wear anything more under the dry suit, you could get, uh, you would sweat. And then the more you sweat, the colder you would get when you're paddling or you just overheat when you're trying to paddle on an expedition. So all depends on the weather. Personally, I love a good five degree day with my dry suit on because it's crisp, but uh, my temperature regulates really nicely with my uh, dry suit and long johns and the distance that I'm paddling. Uh, obviously, underneath uh, the dry suit, I mentioned base layers. Um, kayaking, even though you're wearing a dry suit, uh, is a wet sport, and your sweat is wet as well. So that can um, will often wet your shirt, your top, and your bottom. And I don't wear anything else but merino wool from the undies to the long johns to the shirt. So I highly recommend the same thing for you, uh, particularly as there's a lot of temperature changes when you're on a kayak expedition because you could land and have lunch. And while you're doing that, the sweat on your body is drying. Um, and if it's cold, then you can get chilled. Uh, a down jacket. Yeah, believe it or not, I always bring a down jacket on a kayak expedition. I put it in the dry bag on my deck because in a worst case scenario, if I uh, did get to shore uh, and I was very cold, even if I had had my dry suit on for for a while, then I would want this down jacket to get my temperatures up. And another thing is that oftentimes, even when I land, uh, when I'm camping, I'll still take the down jacket out and put it on over my dry suit while I'm taking everything out of my kayak and I'm getting ready to set up camp and that way I don't get chilled because that is when the sweat is cooling down so a down jacket you'll need let's go on into uh, the tent of course a tent is always great likely if you're on a kayak expedition you're somewhere where it probably rains from time to time so make sure you have a double wall tent um, if you're in that type of scenario of course, sleeping mattresses are the inflatable mattresses that you uh, that you put under you while you're sleeping. And uh, these obviously are a game changer when it comes to a long day of paddling because they keep your uh, body off the ground and comfortable. Um, what else is there? We've got uh, tent uh, sleeping bags. Of course, you'll need nice sleeping bags. I tend to use uh, a minus 20 sleeping bag pretty much anywhere that's uh, about 10 degrees and colder because... I'm of the idea that it's better to be too warm than too cold. I can just open up my sleeping bag if I need to. And, uh, and particularly in temperatures of like minus five, um, I'll, I'll be in my boxers in my sleeping bag while other people are be like, I was really cold last night, and, but I had a minus 15 and it was minus 15. And I'm like, yeah, that's why I always take one that's a little bit colder rated than what I'm expecting for. Uh, you've got your 
neoprene booties. It's not one th- a thing that people think of, but when you've got a dry suit on, uh, you want your feet to be warm. And because you're sitting paddling all day, your feet can get cold pretty quickly. And one of the tips that I do is just make sure to have neoprene booties instead of like sandals or Crocs above your, uh, above your suit because it keeps your, your feet warm. And if you, when you got in and out of your kayak, you most likely stepped in really cold water. Um, and if you don't have the neoprene booties on, then when you sit down, all that immobility and lack of blood circulation uh, makes your feet get very cold. So neoprene booties, definitely a key one. Uh, jumping into the cooking gear, uh, I like a good little stove, stove canister. And when I say a stove, don't imagine the thing that your grandmother has in her kitchen, but instead a fist-sized device that uh, uh, screws onto a gas canister. And from there, you uh, create your meal. Um, stove, gas canister, some a, a couple of plates, a couple of uh, forks and knives, um, bear spray. If you're in an area where uh, there are lots of bears, fortunately, because of kayaking, you get to access places that people are can't access otherwise. And that also means that a lot of the places we go, there's lots of wildlife. And uh, wildlife, like bears, are can sometimes get uh, very curious if they're smelling all the food and whatnot that we're waking that you're making in, in camp. Um, I bring a few bottles of wine once in a while, uh, often whiles, and I stuff them at the very, very back of the kayak behind the skeg. It's a spot there that that's almost made for it, um, and you can't get much else back there. So the the bottles uh, is really great, and there does tend to be a little bit of leakage in most boats into the back part of the skeg or the back part of your boat. And so if you throw things that are um, in, sealed in packages that can't get wet, then that back end of the boat is, uh, is really great. Uh, being a photographer, videographer, I towed a lot of gear. So uh, I bring lots of cameras and tripods normally, so many so that the tripod I stuff in the kayak, but the cameras I tend to put in a Pelican hard water case on my deck behind me and tie it there because I just tend to have so many cameras with me at any given time. Um, and I think that we that takes us pretty much down the list of what you need to take on a kayak expedition or an overnight camping trip. Of course, uh, if you're more than one person and you've got extra space in your boat, you can bring those folding chairs, not the folding ones that you go to a concert, but the folding ones that you buy at your REI or MEC store or a local outdoor store that are, that are very compact. But they give you a comfy seating because in a lot of beaches that you land on a kayak expedition or a kayak trip, uh, there isn't much place to sit. And so you, when you have these chairs after a long day of sitting uh, and paddling, it is so very much appreciated uh, to get into those chairs. Um, a lot of, you know, all depends on the, how long your, your trip is, but you can also bring a lot of great, great food. Um, like we bring lamb and yogurt and cheese and all sorts of delicate and milk and all sorts of normal food that you wouldn't expect uh, many people to take on an overnighter trip, but particularly on the ones that are uh, five or, uh, or six nights you're able to take this stuff and you just have such an exquisite meal in the wild after a long day of paddling that it just makes everything so much lovelier. So definitely highly recommend uh, that as well. Um, and, uh, and I think that pretty much sums it up, you know, some sunnies, uh, sunglasses, uh, obviously the reflection of the water, not good for your eyes, uh, a knife. Uh, I always keep a knife 
on my life jacket. And the reason is that if you ever were tangled in ropes or, or needed to untangle something, your foot is tied to something, then you've got uh, a sharp tool that can get you uh, going <laughs> on your way again. Uh, emergency beacon. Uh, this is one that's kind of funny because it all depends on where you're paddling. Uh, if I was to press the beacon when I'm six kilometers from shore, uh, 75 to 100 kilometers uh, by drive from the closest tiny town as tends to happen in Canada, then the reality is that nobody is going to make it on time to get me out of the water. It's more so for if you're in a type of accident where you've cut your leg with your axe or you've uh, hurt yourself in a way that time isn't of the essence, but you still need help to get out. So there's a quick walk around on the things you need to bring on a kayaking adventure. I'm Roberto for the Expeditioners. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, more of these mini-episodes to come. See you next time.